welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, and transit, adventures, and life hacks. Man, you two are mugging for the camera so much. This is great. (laughs) And today... We are getting crafty with Ellie Blue and Joe Beal of Microcosm Publishing, who are hosting Bike Craft this year. I don't know, is hosting a threat? Organizing hosting? Sure. Giving our lives to. <laughs> Giving our lives to. Dedicating uh, to, a, to a higher purpose. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that in just a second, but Guthrie, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. how was your first time emceeing? An event. It was the, well. Maybe it wasn't your first time emceeing an event. I think it was altogether, actually. but yeah. at least with the sprocket. This is true. Um, well, I've I've never done the black shirt, red tie thing, but I have to oh, say, yeah. it was very pleasant, uh, and I I had a great time. Uh, so Aaron and I, as well as Brock, were emcees for uh, the Cranks Giving event, uh, which happened. Yesterday, yeah. Just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, or perhaps a few days, depending on when you're listening to this. That would be November 18th. Yes. I had to think for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. And if folks remember our last episode, um, we had Tom on the show, who's the organizer of Cranksgiving. And I would have to say, it, it went quite well. It was really smooth. Um, man, and we had uh, over $2,400 yep. yep. in goods donated. Um that includes five hundred dollars uh, donated by the people of Viso, mm-hmm. and they were there giving away free Viso, so that was awesome. <laughs> and I don't know how much uh, friends donated, but they, they were there. They must have donated a ton. Yeah, yeah, they were there with a with a truck giving away free loaves of bread mm-hmm. and grilled cheese. I feel so. like I saw probably like a hundred plus loaves leaving in the donation <laughs> yeah. basket. So, oh, I, that's I, great. I'm, so I'm whatever, down to say France whatever donated get a, taken. Yeah. yes, a good deal of bread to a good cause. Um, yeah, the event kicked off. Uh, I think right around two, and it was a shorter event this year, according to previous participants, and so. Uh, the end goal was to be out for about an hour and a half, arrive back at 3.30. And um, as these things go, we kind of got it all kicking off or, or, or kicking over um, <laughs> around 4.30 or so. Yeah. Uh, but there were over 100 people in attendance. I think our number for this year was 108 individuals participated. Yeah, not bad. Which is quite good. Um, I was actually looking through the Twitter feed from years previous, and it, it seems like it, I'll need to check with Tom, but I think we broke a couple of records. Oh, awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's a good thing for a good cause, and uh, we got to go up on stage and, and uh, give people prizes, which yeah, is always a cool. nice thing yeah. to do. I don't know. How was your take on the event, Aaron? Because uh, I've never done it before until, <laughs> until yesterday. No, it was a lot of fun. I will be honest, I was a little nervous okay. not having Brock up there. He usually does sort of the heavy lifting as far as talking goes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you all noticed by now, I'm mostly just kind of like the color commentary okay you know i'll pick up on on something that someone else said and, and kind of riff on that let, let me just and, draw upon what you're saying right there. right exactly <laughs> <laughs> um and so uh i was still even maybe uh up to a week before 
before the event, I was still kind of counting on Brock to be doing oh, most yeah. of that. Well, and he was um, sick too, or, and, or just yeah, recovering. And, and he he was like, "Yeah, I'm still not feeling good." So, but but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not going to do it. And I think he was already sort of leaning that way even mm-hmm. before he got sick. <laughs> Brock Brock just decided that November 18th would be an excellent day. <laughs> right. Like today's the day. Today's the day. I'm gonna really step down. Well, um, I I really appreciated that he was also able to participate because uh, what we realized prior to giving away uh, many of the sponsor prizes was that. Uh, we were missing an individual to direct teams to the correct locations. Yes. And so in a way... And, and to make sure that the prize they drew was, <laughs> was the prize that they got. Exactly. You know, there can sometimes be a little bit of yeah. like, well, did I get this kryptonite lock or this kryptonite yep. lock? Yep. Or, yeah, and it's always nice to have somebody saying like, yes, this is indeed the kryptonite lock which you are receiving. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was. It seemed like everybody was in high spirits. Um, there were a ton of really great costumes this year. And oh yeah, everyone yeah. was on their costume game. I that would have so to say my favorite costume I saw, and I saw a lot of ones that were excellent. Uh, but Chris Fool and the oh. uh, broccoli costume was my favorite. Yes, the what was their team name now? Uh, the Squash Squadron. Yep, squash Squadron is yeah. broccoli. Is broccoli technically a squash? Oh no, it's okay. not even close. I was like, <laughs> but, but, I, themes but there was like themes? also the Apple Avenger <laughs> oh, was okay, in their team. Okay. You know? more, more like loose think, theme. Yeah, I think it was just because it was fall. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, in, in all honesty, the reason I liked his the best is that I really like broccoli. So uh, um, he, he kind of went straight to my heart with that costume. Yeah. Well, and he had like actual broccoli yeah, right there yeah. zip tied to his helmet. That was pretty awesome. It uh, reminded me of the first Midnight Mystery ride that I led a few years ago um, where I was trying to make it mysterious by simply putting in the uh, description, bring a banana. And the ways in which people brought bananas um, were very... Really? Cr- yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I just, I like, bana- like, hands down, banana, my favorite uh, thing to eat as, okay. as like, a, as a, a good, healthy meal. Um, and so I'll, I'll find ways to work it into everyday life. Uh, but I, the way w- that people showed up, some people had them, um, like, a unicorn, like, built into a helmet. Uh, oh, really? Some people had them, like, taped to their bike. Did uh, anyone dress up as a banana? There was nobody in... I don't think there was anybody in a banana costume. I'd have oh, okay. to check. I'd have to check the photos. But it was it was touching that that so many people took the banana factor to heart. Um, and then even more confusing when I had to explain to them that there was indeed no purpose other than just bringing a, <laughs> just banana. Bring a banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, so the broccoli. Uh, the broccoli. Like really, so, you got to the end point, and yeah. they're like, "So what do we do with yeah, this?" Yeah. They're they're like, "What do we do with the bananas?" I was like, uh, "Have a snack. It's a mystery. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> Choose your own adventure." That's great. Uh, but yeah, broccoli. Broccoli kicked it off. Did you have right any on. favorite costumes that you saw yesterday? Uh, well, I'm sure you noticed I was picking on the Team Pony Up mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, one, because I, I know most of them, but also like <clears throat> they're, that team has been around for like three years. Okay. Uh, they, they've done uh, Cranksgiving uh, various years. Uh, last year, they were Team Crankenstein. Okay. And I forgot this until i started looking at the at the photos they weren't just dressed up as frankenstein's monsters mm. but they were Crankensteins. they also had like beer steins with oh. them as well <laughs> yeah if you ever so, want to get down with the puns <laughs> they were yeah they were really all about that nice nice um yeah yeah and and uh i I would have voted for them if I had any any leeway whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I would have voted for them for best costume, definitely. Yeah, 
Well, and as far as voting goes, there was a, a new award this year, uh, but it went to one of our listeners. Yes, Ranger Tom and his family got uh, Spirit of Cranks Giving Award, mm-hmm. and that was sort of uh, kind of a jury's choice award where they just kind of picked a team that, for whatever reason, embodied the spirit of Cranksgiving. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah whatever uh rubric they're deciding on yeah with that and tom and their family or his family uh it was their first year as well I, is that correct? yes okay yes. yes so that's that's why they won that their award. first year they were all dressed up as like pilgrims with the whole like um uh sort of stereotypical thanksgiving cornucopia mm-hmm. and, and it was all like um uh what is that like not construction paper, but like cardstock type sure. paper. You know, the it's good, all the, really the, hand the hundred pound stuff. paper really stock. Good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a great event. Um, if you didn't get a chance to go this year, there will be another chance next year. Or if yes. if you ever want to, um, you can also just make a donation to Outside In, and that works well too. Yeah. Um. So you've got a trip coming up, Aaron. Oh, I do. Tell us I'm about I'm leaving this. tomorrow, actually. I just I just <laughs> found out last night I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> and so why did why did you find out last night that you were leaving tomorrow, Aaron? Because uh, I thought I was leaving Tuesday. <laughs> Sounds like my <laughs> India trip all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know now. Yeah. Um, I was really nervous because I thought we were leaving for Detroit on Tuesday morning around 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Turns out we arrive in Detroit at five o'clock Tuesday morning. We are leaving Monday night. Oh, the red eye. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah. And no one, no one really likes the red eye. But hmm. um, in this case, it actually worked out well because uh, leaving, you know, at, at five or so, or trying to be at the airport at five a.m. <clears throat> and not owning a car uh, is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's before all the all the transit lines are really running at full, <clears throat> and none of the max lines I don't think are running that early. Hmm. Um, yeah, because they've got to do the turnover there. Yeah, I think they run yeah. very shortly after that. But. Yeah, I can I can catch a, a max ride to work at around five five fifteen. Okay, um, but you know, needing to be at the yeah airport. that whole plane leaving the you terminal know, terminal. So this actually worked out good. Um, <laughs> so I got home from Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, hey, good news. Um, if all else fails, Guthrie said he would give us a ride to the airport. And I, and I was like, man, it's, it's so great. He volunteered to, like, get up at, at 4 a.m. to, to get yeah. us a ride. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, we arrive at 4 <laughs> or at 5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was always, like, what? Always yeah, a good we feeling. Leave, we leave tomorrow. We leave on, on Monday. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but in the meantime, that that works out great because the max lines are running then, and yeah. we can just kind of walk. Yeah. We're like five blocks from a from a max line. There. Absolutely. Speaking <clears throat> of walking, so, the the million dollar question is: uh, Are the fat bikes joining you? Uh, <laughs> no, but there's still there's still a chance we might bring some Bromptons with us. Okay, nice. Uh, but no, no fat bikes this time around. Well, not not yet. If you don't have a fat bike, you know what you can do here in Portland in this next uh, week or so as it comes up? Oh, sorry. I just burped into the microphone there. (laughs) (laughs) You can burp into the microphone. um, Or you can go to Bike Craft. Yeah. Mm. And we have Ellie and Joe here. (laughs) We introduced earlier, but welcome. Welcome. And thanks for joining us to talk about Bike Craft today. 
Thank you so much. We're actually only two thirds of the bike craft organizing team. Ah, yes, team. that's right. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Brian we have... was going to join us. Um, mm-hmm. and he we don't know what happened to Brian. <laughs> He's yeah. probably making his bike crafts right now. Uh, mm-hmm. well, we, we, oh, we I've been on his site, and he, they're like legit. They're really intricate stuff. He does. Uh, I don't know if you've seen I've his not seen site. It. Okay, um, it's uh, well crafts or pieces of art really uh, done with bike parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was him, like maybe five years, four years back, I bought a bunch of bracelets for my nieces um, that were spoke bracelets that he had made. Oh, probably him. Yeah. yeah. And if you ever need a 15 foot obelisk made out of bike parts, <laughs> yes. there's only one place in Portland to go. Hmm. What about a four foot torch made out of bike parts? He oh. could do that, but it would be a custom jobber. Gotcha. I'll keep it in mind. I, I know someone who might want something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Mm. So um, tell us a little bit about Bikecraft. Well, um, Bikecraft in the beginning uh, was a humble, brilliant proposition by Jonathan Moss, where we all went to um, Portland's largest coffee shop uh, in 2005, and um, everybody that made things, which even then there were quite a few of us making things in the realm of bicycle art, bicycle craft. Mm-hmm. Um, would had a chance to sell them, and then for me, it was like the first time I met so many of the other crafters, mm-hmm. you know, because there just wasn't like you know, shift had been going some years, but it wasn't like a good way to, you know, you didn't always like hang out outside of June. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> for uh, bike craft, you said the the city's largest coffee shop yeah, is, is it the same brain. coffee Which shop? I was going to guess coffee people, just out of like. <laughs> Uh, you know things that were around but are no longer. But <laughs> no, it's now oh, a gym. Okay. Called was it common common grounds? Common grounds. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Not the one on like Hawthorne and Forty. <laughs> okay, it's like over by I eighty four, and then okay. it turned Is into a gym. Is that just coincidental, and... or are those the same people? It, no, urban, mm. urban grounds. Urban urban grind. Mm. Oh, okay. No, Urban Grind was the grocery Right. Oh, was it Urban <laughs> Grounds? You know, and the worst part is the woman was really nice to me, and she always would, like, invite me to come there for free beverages. And now, and a mere 12 years later, I cannot <laughs> remember I, what it's called. Oh, yeah. People Joe kept... had too many free beverages. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the bottomless iced tea. Mm-hmm. I know. I really can drink a place into bankruptcy with my iced tea consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so... What say say the year again? So two thousand and five. Two thousand five. So that makes so, us the thirteenth year. Yeah, mm-hmm. lucky number. Yeah, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. congratulations. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of history. So you said it started by Jonathan Maus. Um, mm-hmm. Maus. Sorry, I always mispronounce it. Um, and then from there, I know um, it was also the first time I met him in person. Oh, right. Which was you know exciting. Was that- was that uh, before the Bike Portland days or just as Bike Portland was? It was like in his first year, okay, I think. Gotcha. That was when he was still writing about like his own bike collection or like uh, okay. going on a bike ride or um, other such things that would not be considered newsworthy now. Right. <laughs> Jonathan went on a bike ride today. <laughs> yeah. It was I wonder, raining. I wonder, like, yeah, if there's a uh, sort of a throwback site. <laughs> for for Bike Portland, oh. where you can like read all of these old posts. I They're, wonder. Uh, it started as an Oregonian blog. This is Deep Bike Portland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I wonder if it's still archived on their website. Ooh. yeah. Well, but you could always look on archive.org or you could, you know, they use the Wayback Machine to really the Wayback Machine get you know archival 
read about some really old Portland bike culture. Some really idealistic, uh, you know, pitching for bike craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a brand new idea. <laughs> it really was, though. It was like one of those, like, kind of amazing ideas. Like, he was throwing a lot of ideas at the wall, and that one really took off. Like, it really brought people together and hmm. kind of created this magic thing, which obviously there's still this huge demand for. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned uh, before we were recording, you guys uh, sold out of, of vendor space pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Almost immediately, like really? before we could even properly advertise it. <laughs> yeah. We had about 20 spots and wow. we have 20 vendors. It's the best kind of problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We sure. have a wait list. <laughs> yeah. So so what do you think it is about Bikecraft that gets, you know, both makers and also people looking to purchase local goods? What what's What gets people really excited about that event? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's always been like any of those kind of maker events in Portland have always been huge for mm-hmm. both vendors, manufacturers, craft makers, you know, mm-hmm. as well as for people that are like holiday shopping or even just like wanting to check out what's made locally. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of like a lot of the city's history is, you know, entrenched in that idea of like, you know, not even entrepreneurism, but more in just the like, I had this really bad idea and I took it to the nth degree. Right. And then, you know, now I'm like accidentally making them professionally, whatever it is, you know, and and that, yeah, and so it was just like, and then, you know, at, at, in 2005, that was like just before bike boom happened. Okay. So I think yeah. it was just kind of the perfect, you know, like culmination of ideas. Gotcha. And and I think the nichiness of it really appeals to people, too. They're like, oh, I can get holiday gifts for everybody I know who's into bicycling and for myself. Indeed. And it just makes it easy. And, and not only gifts, but very good gifts, too. Really good gifts and gifts of all kinds. You know, it's like not just bike accessories. It's also like, you know, a thing with a bike on it mm-hmm. yeah. for your baby or <laughs> or, your, or your dad or whatever. Indeed. Well, I, I'm sure as listeners can appreciate, um, oftentimes there are gifts which are given to somebody as part of the quote-unquote cycling community that are um, sort of missing the purpose or at least missing a lot of utility. And I feel like a lot of the things I see at Bikecraft, like whether utilitarian or whether beautiful aesthetically, like they really just fill this great niche of like, that is something that somebody would want to receive. Um, I, I guess like water bottle cages would never be turned down, but there's some pretty good ways to like to, to do that as well. So yeah. it seems like Bikecraft hits a really good vein in that. Mm-hmm. I love it that like it's the perfect mix of like amateurism and professionalism. Mm-hmm. It's like it's doesn't nothing it appears mass manufactured, but yet it's like not you know nothing is like throwaway quality. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Well, and there's a, there's a good mix of of people who from from years that I've I've been there. There's a good mix of people who sort of like this is their this is their like their business and then people who are like this is my craft and i've got a bunch of these and i i'm just gonna sell them here at this table Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like like that there's a a demarcation line per se you Mm -hmm. know they're they're all just sort of like there and and getting along can can i offer two like divergent examples that i think show the range of types of crafts and vendors will have there so on one end of the spectrum and this is more like what you would have found at the original 2005 bike craft we have maria sure the bicycle mm-hmm. kitty yeah. and she has a bunch of different like i got last time last bike craft i got a ton of like little um valve caps that she had painted with nail polish oh, yeah. yep. and i hate valve caps but i love one. those yeah. valve caps yes. <laughs> and i like keep them and i don't lose them and i don't throw them away in a fit of rage but she has uh something called the bum ease butt pillow 
that you used to do cushion tell. your butt. Right. Um, and, you know, I honestly can't tell. I'm sorry, Maria. Do you do this while you're like on your bike? Like, right. Does it like make your butt feel softer while you're riding? Mm. Or is it when you get off your bike and you're like having your sandwich Already. and you sit on your yeah. butt pillow? Mm. I don't know. You'll have to come to bike craft. <laughs> <Find out. laughs> I was going to say both sound like pretty soothing. So yeah. mm-hmm. hard, hard to go wrong. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have a guy who's coming in from out of town. Um, Jim, he and his brother have a company called Tiger Lock. And they make these super lightweight oh, titanium yes. locks, yes. which look uh, nothing unlike anything I've ever seen. They're like sort of a triangle shape, yep. which seems mm-hmm. really smart. And I'm excited to check those out because I think that's the kind of thing you can't get anywhere. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. And that's if anybody's like trying to search this, it's spelled T I G R, uh, not not after the animal. So ah. that may help on Google there. Can I, can I also oh, add T-I hopefully because of titanium. titanium. Yep, yeah. exactly. Oh. So. <laughs> it's all clicking. Still learning here. <laughs> I also want to hopefully add that if you want to see all of our vendors, you can go to microcosmpublishing.com slash bikecraft and see them all there. And they're also all being featured on Bike Portland sort of one week at a time right now. Was it was it hard? I don't know. Like, what was first off? I guess what was your process of choosing vendors? Was it just sort of like who first come first first serve? Or? Have you ever opened a floodgate? <laughs> I can't say that I have. No. Okay. Well, if you can imagine it, it was sort of like that. Yeah. yeah pretty much. I mean, we didn't say no to anyone because we didn't have to. I did. One person asked to be on the wait list who made something that was not bike-related in any way by any stretch. And I was like, come back next year with like the bike-related version of what you do. And okay. then was I'll it, say yes. Was it something that they could um, transform it to be a bit more bike-relatable? I think so, but I don't know if they think so. So, okay. but, you know, it's up to them. It's yeah, all about yeah. making your thing. Fair enough. And Fair they were enough. like, I, as a maker, I'm a very bicycle-enthusiastic person, and I'll arrive by bike. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> I was like, okay, not quite. Everything needs to have some sort of bicycle connection in the thing. But but they might get the spirit of uh, Bike Craft Award <laughs> for, their, for their sheer tenacity. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, you know who you are. You get, you get an award. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Uh, so speaking of the longevity of the event, is there anybody that you know who's been there all years? Or is it sort Besides of switch you up? guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, I assumed it, you guys, yeah. Oh. I think it might just. I I think it's just me and maybe Sean Granton, and he would definitely correct oh, yeah. me if he <laughs> had been there and I had not mentioned him. <laughs> so we'll just make sure that's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be it, though. Yeah, I mean, okay. I was trying to think of who else was doing it in 2005 that's still doing it, and I can't think mm. of any or you know and in town mm-hmm. right you know because that's the other factors i wonder if uh there's a woman liz her company is one by liz she makes the like clocks out of sort of bike parts that are really really oh, neat okay. and jewelry and she she's been there a long time she might yeah i don't think it's the beginning but it's near the beginning well, there have been some part of the old guard at least <laughs> yeah yeah towards the beginning yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think right like i was my my memory's not so great either. <laughs> but if, if we're missing anyone, then you like please email the Sprocket podcast and complain. Yes. They would love all, to all issue your, a correction. We would, we would love to hear your hate You can mail. get your errata <laughs> into the <laughs> next episode. <laughs> um, and so talking about the vendors and then the places that this has been, because it's, it's never been in, the, or I don't want to say never, but it's not always been in the same place either. It's moved around a lot. Yeah. So the first and year, obviously, the the place where it originally was at is no yeah. longer. So. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was the next year. It was in City Hall, or was it in the Lucky Lab Northwest? Ne- the next year. I 
think it was it was City Hall 2006. That I find amazing mm-hmm. that City Hall would yeah. open their doors to bike crowds. It was really cool. It was the second year. It was really awkward. It was all in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it okay. was sort of a terrible space, but it's really cool that they let it be there. I will say that was the first time I ever felt welcome in City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, was a big Was day. it the last? Um, <laughs> relatively. I mean, uh. that was the most welcome I felt still. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it was nice. It was a big. It was the Sam Adams moment. It was uh, like yeah. his like way yeah. of. Being I was gonna like, ask. Yeah, I'm totally down. Oh, you want something? Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's like he's very good at the like public relations part of the job. But then you know, there's a lot of social pressure on that guy. Sure, from sure. the opposition. What is your favorite location that Bikecraft has been in over the years? Oh, it I... can also be this year's location. This year's, well, there's so many different things that go into a venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite location? I think we both have the same favorite location. Yeah. I mean, well, my favorite location for it being, like, a great venue, like the space, was Sandbox Studios. It was there for two or three years. Okay. It's yeah. Just, just this huge open light-filled space that was used for, like, shooting models wearing clothing normally during the day. Um, but I think what happened was once Bikecraft discovered that space, all the bike events and then suddenly all these people doing nonprofit events wanted to do events there and okay. pay, could actually pay money. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so they like used up all of their like slots on their event insurance and oh, okay. Bikecraft had to find a new spot. The um, victim of its own oh, success. That was such a beautiful space and it was so big. And it's like the only place that's ever been big enough for Bikecraft in earnest, you know? <laughs> but like, honestly, like, all like Bikecraft does a very scrappy DIY sort of event. So like having a venue that is like there with us for that, is so valuable in the mm, bike yeah. farm. It was at VeloCult for a couple yeah. of years, which I wasn't involved in. I think I was out of town for both those years, but I have a feeling that was a good relationship. But the mm-hmm. bike farm has been so wonderful to work with. Like they are the dream venue. If only we could yeah. like stick a straw in them and like blow them up to be about two or three times their size. Mm-hmm. Maybe five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it would be. But yeah, just like they get exactly what we're doing. They're like, yeah, let's silk screen t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Let's, you well, know, yeah, figure it some, out uh, on the Instagram. Uh, some small videos. I think you were there, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of, of yeah. People silk screening. And... I had a ton of fun with that. Yeah, I hadn't burned a silk screen in about fifteen years. <laughs> I was gonna say, was <laughs> this like was this calling back to to it other was. times? And... It really harkened back to the basement years. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hadn't. I mean, yeah, I don't even know the last time I pulled a squeegee. That was a good number of years ago too. But so it was good, and, you know, we had a lot of fun, and we had, like, a lot of their volunteers came out, and, you know, we had a, like, a big barn raising kind of thing, mm-hmm. and we even left with quite a few t-shirts. Awesome. You know? And we, like, taught a lot of people how to print who had never printed before, which is also totally rewarding. I was going to sure. say, so how did that go? It was oh. pretty good. They were, yeah. they were better at it than we were. I mean, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. people who had just learned 10 minutes ago were, like, really doing a very, like, nuanced and careful job and i think that's the best thing about teaching people to silk screen is they're surprised when they realize it's not hard yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we had, and it was like past our bedtime and we had just like come back from an event in tacoma the day before and so we were pretty cashed out you know so it was good that you know other energy was there and mm-hmm. right on and they picked it up and got and really got into it mm-hmm. you know and then people were excited that's not always how that goes you know <laughs> 
but that's like why the bike farm is the perfect venue at the yeah. same time. You right. Know? Yeah. Because like they have all the people that are so pumped mm-hmm. to be like, okay, we're moving chairs now. Let's do this. You yeah. know. And you you have a really good relationship with bike farm now too, and that that I'm sure makes it go very smoothly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They've been really dreamy to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've had all. It's like then you know and they're. Not only do they get where it's coming from, like they like it for the same reasons that we like it, you know, which is like to have this thing that's really important to us personally continue, you know, when it like when it feels like such an important community fixture. Sure. You know, institution even. And it's good for them, too, because like December is like their kind of dead month. Like Mm -hmm. they really subsist on people coming in and making small donations and paying a small amount to like use their tools and buy parts and they don't get a lot of that during the winter so if anyone wants to support the bike farm that's a great thing to do yeah. during the mm-hmm. winter is go you know buy a new bike thingy <laughs> <laughs> I think when it was at when bikecraft was at uh, the bike farm the last two years ago uh, yeah i ended up buying not just the stuff that i went there to buy the bikecraft stuff but then a bunch of like uh bike cables and accessories from bike farm itself mm-hmm. awesome yeah. one-stop shop yeah exactly yeah. oh and they have have you seen their new cycling caps no, no. oh wait yes i have they are yes, so gorgeous it's mm-hmm. their mural that they have up there <laughs> uh, have you seen their mural no, before I, oh I their haven't. mural's amazing okay <clears throat> it's a it's a, essentially a, a dissected uh, bicycle Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the parts are labeled in English and in Spanish. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah and, and the cap is, is their mural, like, screen printed nice. on, onto a cap. That's so bold. Cool. It's like a dark color with white parts, and they will be selling them at Bikecraft. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm getting one. <laughs> <laughs> I've already spent all the money I'm going to earn there. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's there's some events where everything's so good, you're just, like, okay with breaking even. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with 20 vendors this year, um, is it, so it was, it was not taken up last year, but you sort of retook the reins. It sounds like, um, tell us a little bit about that process. The hostile takeover. (laughs) Well, we went in and we planted our flag. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been, I mean, you know, so Amos and Aaron, who had been organizing it with great enthusiasm and love for the last several years, they had kids and, you know, kids are wonderful, but kids make it, I think, really hard. A lot of time. It's it's already really hard to organize like a big holiday event and I can't imagine doing it with children. So Hmm. they were kind of like struggling to keep all the balls in the air and last year it just didn't work out. And Hmm. I was like, hey guys, I want to help next year. I want to make it happen. And I started emailing them in January. And then by the time June rolled around, I hadn't heard back from them. And I was like, you guys, should I just do this? Should we just take this over? Like Microcosm is in, Joe is in, Brian Mm -hmm. of Velojali is really excited to do it. Like can the three of us just like do the thing and they wrote back and they were like hallelujah yes please (laughs) (laughs) and we ran it by jonathan maz and we were like can we have your blessing to do this and he Mm -hmm. was like so long as you don't turn it into a big soul-sucking money-making event and we were like no worries (laughs) (laughs) oh wait who's he talking to (laughs) (laughs) i know right have you met us (laughs) (laughs) like we just want to like have a place to sell all of our bike t-shirts like really that's what we want yeah and so having it happen is good and so then, you know, the rest is just a lot of spreadsheets and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. phone calls and emails and, you know. And I think we started what, like, we started looking for venues in, like, what, May? Uh, like September. Mm-hmm. It was a little late in the year. But then, you know, and but that was the other thing where, like, we 
empathized with them greatly because we were like, this is not, you know, like I put on events many, many years ago in Portland, you know, turning the millennium time and it was so much easier than it is now <laughs> okay and it was a lot more economical as well <laughs> yeah. so we were like okay this is maybe some of what they're up against as well mm. you yeah, know we were finding these huge dirty spaces without heat that weren't really up to code that were like thousands of dollars to rent and we were oh, like okay. really for a weekend you know yeah. <laughs> which is so it's like, not like, like edgy <laughs> warehouse spaces <laughs> yeah don't okay. mind the big giant you on the building <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah it's it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were some like other gorgeous, wonderful spaces that we could have rented, but they were like a weird shape, and it wasn't really right for. And I, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, there's still a lot of space. There's still a lot of people that are excited about this event. Yeah, absolutely. But Portland, every square inch is being utilized somehow now. So when you go in and you're you're sort of setting up an event, what are some of the like criteria that you lay out, or do you have a process for narrowing things down? Mm. It's kind of dollars per foot, okay. and then it's like location. Okay. Obviously, like you want it to be central. You want it, you know, you want it to be able to like pencil out, and then you want it to not feel like a you know like repellent to the people that you want to enjoy it. Okay, you know? it's got to fit the character. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like you know you don't want it to feel like you're walking into someone else's clubhouse, or you don't want it to oh, feel right. like mm. you know weird or you know like everything every place has baggage or you know whatnot because of some other events that have happened there or things like that and, you know so it's like so like obviously a bike oriented space is better because then at least everybody will get it you know, you know gotcha. like this is you know if this is what you're into this is where you belong you mm-hmm. know and we we you know and then but then it's like you know we look at like we want something that's like open floor plan and kind of square and you know, it's like suited for what we're doing with it, which is sure. filling it with tables and stuff. Right. You and know? Easy for people to walk around in. Yeah. yeah, and accessibility, and like you don't want a whole ton of stairs, and mm-hmm. you know, like that's all that stuff kind of comes into it. But you know, and then like you can do things like convention center and that, but that's not really you know. Why would we organize an event at the convention? <laughs> you know, but it kind of makes more sense to me now why like every event we do or we go to is at the convention center. Oh, right. okay. It's so hard. They just, they just have like, yeah, just this open floor there. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I had read, um, or at least the last time I checked the stats for it, the Oregon Convention Center does like on average of 550 events a year. Yeah. Um, I'm sure since, I think I saw that like 2012 or 2013, but I'm, I'm imagining it, it's gone up since that time. Totally. Probably, yeah. yeah. We go sell books and t-shirts at like six or seven events at least a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you still looking for help for getting the event set up? Um, and if so, what can people do to connect? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. We would love volunteers. Um, we need volunteers to help with setup and with bike parking and with, you know, connecting connecting all the dots um if anyone wants to help us flyer we could also use volunteers for that in the meantime um there's a bunch of flyers and posters at the microcosm bookstore um at 2752 north williams and if you've never been to the microcosm bookstore shame uh, on you well (laughs) sure i I get i get uh but but uh it is very, very easy to tell which building it is. Yes. Um, because, it's the well, squarest one, right? It's it's quite square, <laughs> uh, but it's also a very vibrant and welcoming green. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yes. And I always forget, you have lettering up above the, the building, correct? 
Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I always forget what it says. It says book story. Book it's story. our bookstore's nickname. Okay. Gotcha. Um, oh. Cause I'm like riding home at night and I'm like, yeah, microcosm. And then I'm kind of like off down the rest of Williams there. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty small place, sort of really great organization on the um, base floor and a lot of cool printing and other stuff there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. And if people want to volunteer, I think, am I organizing the volunteers? I think I am. I think, is that a Brian? It's either you or Brian. It's not me. It's either me or Brian. <laughs> well, you can email me and we'll work it out. Uh, my email is going to be in the show notes, but it's yes. L-E-L-L-Y at microcosmpublishing.com. Awesome. Excellent. And if you want to be on the newsletter, um, if you go to microcosmpublishing.com slash bikecraft, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can like learn about all the awesome things we have in store about how to be a vendor for next year, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And uh, just one more time, I think we've be, we have been covering it in our calendar updates, but remind us the dates again, uh, because there are a couple of special things. And if you show up on yes. a particular day, oh, uh, yes. you will be pleasantly surprised. Whoa. Or if you listen to this Brocket podcast, you'll know ahead of time, uh, but makes y- it just as worth the while. You can pretend to be surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there probably will be unexpected surprises to us as well, so <laughs> get ready. So the dates are December 15th through 17th, 2017. Um, so December 15th is a Friday, and for the first time ever, we are having the Friday night preview at Lightcraft. So if you come between 6 and 9 p.m., all the vendors will be sh- set up. You can get the best stuff before anybody else does. Ooh. There will also be beer. We are asking for a donation at the door, which will all go to the bike farm to help them do their community programs nice. and keep their doors open. Um, it's like sliding scale 5 to $20, and mm-hmm. we aren't going to turn you away if you're like, I don't have $5. But mm-hmm. you know. all, all inclusive. Yeah, and, and, and we will have beer that night. And to everyone that's ever been to a bike craft, you know that like many of these creations are literally one of a kind and yes. they do disappear mm-hmm. and they will likely disappear on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So there's a link on the webpage, microcosmpublishing.com slash bike craft. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy a ticket or you can just show up with your cash in or card in hand. Um, and then the just Saturday and Sunday, December 16th and 17th, the event is totally free. It's family friendly. It's, let's see, uh, 10 to 6 on Saturday and 11 to 4 on Sunday. It's family friendly on both days, but on Sunday it's especially family friendly because at, I, now I'm forgetting because I don't have my notes right in front of me, but at 1 or 2 p.m., mm-hmm. Olive and Dingo will be doing a clown show. Yes, Portland Bike yes. Clowns. Mm-hmm. Especially good for kids and adults. Mm-hmm. So fun. Is this Olive and Dingo's first appearance at a bike craft event? That's a good question. Oh, that is a good question. Well, as first timers, I don't know that we <laughs> can really. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Not, I don't think I've them. seen them uh, at previous okay. years, anyways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they've like shown up just to attend the event. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think this might be the first clown show at a bike craft. So could be. We are taking this very seriously. Nice. Know. And if it is. It's long overdue in this uh, reporter's opinion. Very true. And they will, Olive and Dingo will also have a merch table set up so you can oh, cool. buy their wonderful products like plush dolls, I guess. And mm-hmm. Yeah, if they've got them. I know they were selling them at one point uh, uh, We can their hope so. Store. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if they had them. And you were, you were super Just psyched out opinion. on Olive and Dingo as well. <laughs> yeah. So I you've mean, had, you've, you've seen previous performances? I, 
I'll be honest, I've never actually seen a full performance of theirs. Okay. Um, I've seen them at places, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, I will catch a piece of a performance here and there. But I've never actually, like, sat down to an Olive and Dingo okay. performance. They have been on the show once, and they need to get on the show again. Mm, yeah. Um, and, oh, but, yes, I do have a, a kind of an Olive and Dingo um, story. Okay. In that last Petalpalooza, we had the um, Prince Forever ride. Mm-hmm. And so Anna and I dressed up as Prince and Apollonia, like we do, uh, from Purple Rain. And uh, it was it was cool. It was, it was nice. And um, Olive and Dingo were there, and they had, like, the, their tall bikes, like, all decked out in purple lights. And it was beautiful. Oh. And I... <laughs> I just we just got our our sprocket patches um and you know it was like we got a limited run so you hand them out to like people that you're pretty sure will use like actually like put the patch on something um and i was like i'm pretty sure they would they would take these hmm. but i was way too embarrassed to like go up and talk oh, okay. <laughs> i was way too starstruck oh <laughs> wow and it wasn't until like at the very end and and Anna and I are about to peel away from the uh uh from from the ride we had gotten to the uh the prince mural uh, on 42nd and Prescott and at that point um they were going to go somewhere else and we were sort of closer to our place mm-hmm. um so we we're going to peel away and uh I was like well it's now or never and I like came <laughs> up to them and they didn't know who I was. You're, you're not afraid of I was, clowns, I was though, right? As, or, no, or, I'm not. Okay. Just not checking, specifically. Just um, I was just too embarrassed. Uh, and they didn't know who I was. I was just like, you know, because I looked like Prince. <laughs> you were a Prince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so here's Do this guy. Do you know who Prince is? Of course. No, yes. I mean, that's like his famous oh, line. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Why did I not? Um, yeah, so, you know, here's this guy, like, dressed as Prince, kind of sheepishly walking up to them. Hey, how's it going, Olive and Tinko? And then I present them with these patches, and it, like, connects. Like, oh, my gosh, now I know who you are. And, and it, like, the whole thing just changed. And, of course, <laughs> All you know, was well. everything was fine. <laughs> I don't know why I waited so long to talk to them. But anyhow. <laughs> when are you going to have them on the show? That's a good question. Mm. Whenever I can schedule them next, mm. I, I will mm. reach out to them as soon as I get home. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about bike craft or anything you've got going on for our listeners? I just want to say, like, it feels good to be at bike craft. Like, bike craft is the kind of event where you walk in the room and it just feels awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, all these people are doing these things that are, like, earnest and, like, real and people are happy to be there. I don't know. Yeah. You don't get that a lot. It's like capitalism with a conscience. Yeah. If that's not too much of a uh, would, uh, would contradiction. Re- reluctant capitalism be like a, a decent descriptor? <laughs> it's like capitalism being demoted to like being a tool for like human interaction. Okay. There you go. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Go for the people. Stay for the goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has, yeah, it has <laughs> a certain like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with, that it was to us was like it makes you you know it has it makes you feel like you're a part of something i guess mm-hmm. you know and i think there's not a lot of thing you know the, those kinds of things are like what's disappearing in portland in my yeah. opinion you know but we do have an embarrassing story Ooh. if we could you weren't going to let the embarrassing story go were you i mean <laughs> it, th- this is the kind of thi- so if you go to bike craft this is the kind of thing that you know can happen to you 
So the bike craft magic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that hmm, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so you know, remember we mentioned uh, City Hall, mm-hmm. Portland, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Felt very welcoming at City Hall, if I recall. It did. So welcoming, in fact, that um, I was really just on a roll that night. I think that it was like a e- it was an evening, right? I mean, it was in, the- in, in hindsight, yeah. I remember being light out outside, but you know, I'm straying. The um, <laughs> You know, I'm like really having a great time. I'm like, and then, uh, so, you know, I'm selling lots of T-shirts, and people are really responding enthusiastically. And then um, uh, a blonde woman in glasses comes up and buys a T-shirt, and I continue to attempt to prolong our conversation <laughs> after our maybe currency exchange has subsided. You know. And there is maybe some lingering confusion from <laughs> the other party. <laughs> and um, and then eventually there's like just the, the blunt like, are we done now kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, I, there's um, maybe there was even like another name, uh, like a second name on the check that she paid with and that I'm like trying to like blissfully ignore that detail, <laughs> you know. And, but, you know, it took uh, like maybe a few years after that, but we did eventually go on a date. Ah. It worked out, kids. It worked mm -hmm, out. mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing that, that's why you should go to Bike Craft. This was Ellie Blue that you met. Oh, you know, I (laughs) think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Good things come from Bike Mm -hmm. Craft. Right, right. So you may or may not have a date if you go to Bike Craft. Or someone might blow you off who then decides they like you again. And then right. several years later. They realize later. the yeah. error of their ways. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> they craft and get blown off. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe you could even blow off someone that you don't think is cute. You know, it can that can be empowering too. That's true. <laughs> but it's about it's about the interaction. It's about the mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and the micro, not the microcosm. Well, kind of it the is. microcosm magic. But the... Oh. The bike craft Maybe magic lowercase microcosm. There you go. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a microcosm of capitalism. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Edit that part out. Joe shudders. <laughs> Visible shivers. <laughs> no, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. Otherwise, it don't work. It's true. Um, do you guys want to stay for our calendar and mail and news? Um, what do you think? Either way, um, I like the calendar and mail and news, but I'm also, Joe and I are basically live in different time zones. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're like, I don't know, four hours staggered, so. And I never adjusted to the time change, so like or I'm. Even more. Yeah. Staggered. So anyway, I, I would. I feel all right. I, yeah, I'd say we could stick it out. All right. And interrupt you awkwardly. Yes. <laughs> Please. Please do. Yes. All right. Well. The more in interruptions, case. the merrier. Don't don't ever use that. Well, Tim, you wished for us to never use it, but use it again. We did, yes. and that brings us to our and calendar. We always for this week. will. Second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. Also, the second of every month is the Indianapolis Bike Party. That's the second Friday of every month. Sorry, I oh did no not worries. Edit that correctly. So if you're not in <laughs> Portland or you don't think that bike parties can't happen in places other than here, that is indeed false. And uh, Boston and Indiap and Indianapolis would love to have you. Yes, um, this is pretty close. You probably are listening to this after this time, but I thought I would. Oh no, 
this isn't that close. It's next week. November 23rd. I, I really wanted to add this onto the calendar, mm-hmm. though, and mention this uh, in this show. November 23rd, The Dead Streets Ride. Did you know about the wonderfulness of riding on Thanksgiving Day? Downtown Portland becomes a total ghost town with so few cars, it's like no cars exist. Join us on a ride around the central city to build up your hunger for Turkey Day. Let's ride. On November 28th, we have the Winter Wonderland Bike The Lights Ride. Uh, Winter Wonderland Portland has one night each year where the huge holiday lights display surrounding Portland International Raceway is open to bicycles only. The ninth annual Bike The Lights is happening in November this year, and this event page is for a nine-mile group ride following the new 20s bikeway and other neighborhood greenways and dedicated bike paths to get to the Portland International Raceway and the bike lights display. Have has anyone gone on this before? Not this ride, okay. but I've done the the bike lights. The bike lights, awesome. yeah. Yeah, I took the max up there. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um yeah, uh this was actually put on by Tom Howe of Puddle Cycle. Oh, so. excellent. Another Tom event. Yeah. On December 1st, Pedal Shift turns 100. Yeah. Their 100th episode. Not 100 years old. (laughs) Unless you're you're measuring in Ruby time, uh, who's here with us in the studio this evening. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention Ruby's here. Mm -hmm. She's she's asleep by now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Well past her bedtime. Uh, Right on. Um, So, yeah. Pedal Shift turns 100. They will have their 100 episode recording and a hangout over at the Beer Mongers on Southeast Division and 12. Speaking of the Beer Mongers. uh, Yes. Thank you, beer mongers, for sponsoring the show. We <laughs> yes. almost we almost made it all the way through the calendar <laughs> without mentioning these wonderful drinks we're having tonight, courtesy of the, the beer mongers. Where, where are they at? They are on Southeast Division and Twelfth, where there's always a seat for you there, even oh. if there are no seats. Even if we forget to mention them. (laughs) December 2nd is the Portland Podcast Festival. That is at the Hawthorne Theater here in Portland. And guess what? We'll be there. Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. So this will be your second time on stage with the Sprocket Podcast. But only my still first time emceeing. Is it an emcee if you're you're podcasting yourself? I would say not. Okay. I feel like it isn't either. We're not master of ceremonies for this one. Which is what MC stands for. But if you have uh, favorite episodes, we've been talking about this this week. Oh, uh, yeah. We are reduced to a 20-minute format. So um, we won't, unfortunately, get to talk up on stage for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's, it's probably a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we are looking for ideas for a format and uh, the show to cover. So if anyone has a favorite episode or something that just sparks your imagination, please write us and let us know. Yes. And it, it may very well be what we talk about uh, for the Portland Podcast Festival. Our, our fallback plan is to just do an episode of The Sprocket and just whenever 20 minutes is up, mm-hmm. we'll just stop and walk off stage. What if we point. tried to talk like really fast? Maybe we could get a whole <laughs> hour and a half. I don't know. At this point, we can't even really get through our ending credits <laughs> in that amount of time. It's true. Well, if you don't uh, join us on December 2nd, there is another event happening on the 15th through the 17th. And, and maybe Ellie and Joe here could enlighten us to what that event is. Oh. <laughs> oh, what event are you? Wait, what? No, <laughs> there's an event. <laughs> I hope we don't have to do anything about it. I've triple booked myself several times in the past. 
I'll be promotional. That event is Bike Craft, which is at the bike farm on uh, mm. 1810 Northeast First Avenue, December 15th through 17th. All your holiday cycle-centric gift shopping in one place mm-hmm. with beer and cheer. There may or may not be bicycle superheroes. So support your local artists and, uh, yes, join us at Bike Craft. And that was... Up next. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. From streetsblog.org by Michael Anderson and Places for Bikes, we have Bikes and Transit Keep Racking Up Ballot Wins. Ballot Wins! This is actually written by our very own Michael Anderson uh, here in Portland. (laughs) Last week, Denver became one of the latest cities to deliver overwhelming margins to a ballot measure that funded biking, transit, walking, pavement, and traffic signal improvements citywide, Denverites voted 73% to 24% to back measure 2A, a $431 million property tax package for transportation and mobility. <clears throat> um, the post-recession trend was arguably kicked off by Seattle in 2015, which sent a $930 million property tax levy to voters that was stuffed with an unexpectedly large amount for biking and walking projects. And the trend became even clearer in 2016 with L.A. County at $120 billion uh, with 71% approval, Austin, Texas, $720 million with 60% approval, and Atlanta... With two hundred sixty million, with sixty-seven percent approval, and those are pretty high numbers. Yeah, how about that? Uh, there is a city that is missing from this list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a very notable one, in fact. <laughs> oh, we might get a, it. In a very otherwise bikey city. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> we might. We're certainly not getting it for twenty eighteen. This is true. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a little. There's a part of me that kind of wants to like kind of jab at us, who uh, us as a city, Portland, do um, it. Who who likes to market ourselves uh, as a very bike centric city, mm-hmm. but um, we're the we're the first on a lot of lists. We and are, it, and it feels odd to to not be on certain lists <laughs> at times. We're the best yeah, at marketing list. ourselves as a great place to bike. This is true. Number one, hands down. Yeah. And we're, like, somewhere in the bottom of the top 20 for, like, actually doing like anything. funding the infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, there is always room to improve, and it is never too late to no. push for, for better biking yes, in one city. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and lest I, I sound like I, all I'm doing is, is bagging on the city that I live in and love, because I do love the city that I live in. Um, you love it. And you want to make it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I really think we could, we could do a lot better and it's not the worst for biking by far, mm-hmm. but we, I think we've got a ways to go. So l- let's <clears throat> call it friendly competition. Yes. Let's, let's think about the, it as friendly competition. The word is out. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's beat Austin this year, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe in like three or four more years. 
Yes. <laughs> well, get ready to be even more depressed because from bikeportland.org. <laughs> oh. Mount Tabor neighborhood votes 45 to 5 against diverters at 50th and Lincoln. Wow. 45 to 5. Wow. A, and this is an interesting one. Um, a summary of notes from the MTNA's November 2nd meeting offers a glimpse of what the group is hearing from its members. Here are some of its concerns. Diverters will make uh, drivers cross Lincoln at other streets, causing even greater safety problems. Neighbors say this is an equity concern because the money PBOT would spend on this diverter could be used in other neighborhoods lagging in bike infrastructure. Policies that squeeze people out of cars ignore or dismiss the needs of the disabled and of aging or low-wage job holders who are more likely to be dependent on cars. Elias shaking her head right now. Um, As someone who's cared for the disabled, I, I would really whoever whoever is actually being quoted on that i i would really put them to task mm-hmm. and the, and the last bullet point uh there's a fear that too many diverters will quote isolate the neighborhood and increase emergency response times uh i think <laughs> the only one i feel like I, so i did kind of include this on purpose because i figured you guys would have a little bit to say i completely that. agree <laughs> <laughs> So this is moronic on every point. <laughs> That's my um, favorite, like, rich people being concerned about the impact of on poor people of the traffic calming in the rich neighborhood. <laughs> like, yeah, because Mount Tabor neighborhood is, for the fancy. most part, a pretty well-off neighborhood. And, yeah. I mean, and it's like, no realty is cheap here anyways. But Have they been in their pretty... neighborhood? There already are diverters on Lincoln, like, not at 50th, but on plenty of streets at lincoln oh snap yeah like and, and there's it, plenty of roundabouts too mm-hmm. yeah and there's like mount haber which is like the ultimate traffic <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's know. kind of a diverter it's just yeah. like five or ten blocks from there sometimes mm-hmm. that's even a bike diverter yeah. <laughs> yeah do you think um so like point number two if, if the city did make a commitment to spending that money in like lower income neighborhoods do you think that that would be so like the second point do you think there's some validity to that sort of sentiment or or Well certainly there are a lot of neighborhoods that are lagging in bike infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I of would. like 130th and Division for example. But that's not yeah. how funding works. Precisely. It's okay. not like you just hand it like it's not like you pass the ball sure, and they're like, sure. "Oh cool, thanks. We'll <laughs> spend that wisely." Like it just goes to another rich neighborhood who spends it on dumb bullshit. You know, that's like how it works. Well, <laughs> Or, or I don't. I mean, I don't know how this is exactly being funded, but a lot of times you have a certain amount to your area, yeah. and you decide, like, okay, I'm going to use this amount for this diverters, as an example, or uh, something else. I don't know. Maybe updating the the street signs. You know, something something to that effect. But it's generally like for your area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not like you can take that money and go like, oh. Here you go, East Portland. Right. You you guys need this more than us. Although maybe you should, Mount Tabor, huh? I mean, Put your I'm money where your mouth guessing is. Guessing the oh. money is a cor- for the project of the corridor. And right. the cor- Lincoln Corridor runs all the way over Mount Tabor and into, you know, like all the way. Yeah, all the way out- to 80 Pretty far east. Most. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's a major commute corridor for people coming in from the far east yep. by bike. Mm-hmm. So having, you know, cars speeding down that street all the time is actually detrimental to the people that are commuting from poor neighborhoods in Portland. 
I mean, you know, I don't know. You could argue this any way you want. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I don't know who has time to go to a Mount Tabor Neighborhood Association meeting and complain about this. But I would like to offer them a choice of other hobbies. Perhaps they would like to make some bike crafts to sell at the next year's bike craft fair. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> a very productive way mm-hmm. to spend your time. Yeah, they well. could yeah. Might, might meet some people. Yeah. <laughs> Get some perspective. Right. Leave their house and like hear a different yeah hear a different voice on the the matter of yeah hear like, from maybe an actual disabled or poor person right yes <clears throat> there might be some way to meet those people somewhere out in the world not necessarily in your neighborhood yeah. or at your neighborhood association meeting but elsewhere it is it is a little interesting that um, so much of this is put to the neighborhood associations <laughs> and and I I understand to some degree. You know, if I were to be, well, I do live in a neighborhood and I am concerned about my neighborhood and I do want to have a say of what goes on in my neighborhood. But also in the meantime, there's a part of me that that wants the city to kind of go like, you know what? Nope, we're putting them here because they need to be here. Um, And, you know, of course. I mean, Follow that's what that they'll do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the <laughs> trick and the wonder of city planning, I guess, is... Uh, <clears throat> Not everybody does agree, and so that's <laughs> right. that's where you you enter those issues. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you for your feedback on the <laughs> article. I'm curious how this like was brought to the uh, neighborhood the neighbor- meeting. You yeah, because sure. that doesn't always sure. often it, go that way. In the in the article proper, there the there is mention um, a a group uh, within the neighborhood association like really really uh, promoting the idea of like these diverters are, are detrimental to the neighborhood. Sure. And you need I mean, to vote against Obviously, so, when it's 45 yeah. to 5, yeah. <clears throat> like yeah. somebody yeah. is stacking the deck. Yeah. You know. But anyhow. <laughs> and with that, that brings us to... So, speaking of controversy. <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> yes. That was so, a fun controversy. <laughs> we may not have diverters in the Lincoln Quarter just yet. But what we do have is... We got mail. Speaking of controversy, we had uh, Don B. in Portland write in on, in regards to our um, talking about the Tim Boyle article last week, um, and he uh, felt that we focused a little bit too much on the laptop issue, and um, yes, and, and we ignored the rest. And we ignored the rest. Um, so, first of all, thank you, Don B., for writing in. Uh, it's always appreciated. And um, Aaron and I both talked about this a little bit. He, he was upset uh, that we were sort of... Uh, bashing on Tim Boyle, if you will, um, and and to that degree, I would say yes, we did get a little bit hyper focal. It's uh, and yeah, and it's easy to do. Sure, I'm, sure, sure. I'm not necessarily going to excuse that. Yeah, but it's it's easy to do, especially when you know, I don't know. It's easy for me, I should say. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna rope you into my <laughs> <laughs> into what's going on up here. Uh, but it, it's easy for me to like see an owner of a company, especially someone who owns a very large corporation and, and kind of just want to like, uh, for lack of a better term, take shots at the King. Sure. Uh, and, and so I, I may have fallen a little bit too far afield in that, in that vein. I, I think, um, uh, I think like what, what my thought on it is, um, yes, we did go a bit harsh on Tim Boyle. Um, and it is fair to point out that he is concerned about the welfare of his employees. Yes, and safety uh, is is yeah. deserved 
for everybody. Yes, regardless of, of other factors. Um, we, we, I think we may have felt, and again, if I'm roping you into this, um, don't l- allow me to do so, but that the emphasis on sort of the threat or the, the pulling out of Columbia from downtown based off of this felt a bit more um, menacing in terms of a, a, a call for action than was right. needed. Right, um, and you know. and while that wasn't that wasn't specifically said in in his article, sure. Tim did seem. I at least inferred it. I guess I I can't I can't say whether or not he implied it, but it was easy for me to infer that as as the subtext of this. But <clears throat> in the meantime, Don, yes, you you do have a point there, and uh, thank you for bringing that up. Yep, we did kind of focus a little too hard on that, and maybe we did take Tim a little too hard to task on that. Yeah, so thank you for writing in. Um, all thoughts from all avenues always appreciated here yeah, at Sprocket. Exactly. Um, also, Chris Smith answers our questions about the TriMet bond measure. I love Chris's answers. Like, <laughs> I, I love that we can ask on the podcast things. I, I like. I love the city planning aspect of it. The hard and part for me is to condense it down into something that I can just read. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he gives such detailed answers. Yeah. I love this. This Yay, is wonderful. Chris. Uh, so Chris says there are a couple ways to think about the Southwest Corridor project. In the 100-year view, we want to continue building out strong rail network for the region, so I hope we build something in the corridor at some point. In the short term, there are reasonable arguments to be made that strengthening the bus network, including providing exclusive transit lanes to buses, would yield more critical short-term improvements like frequent services in the East County. But I think it's good news that the bond measure is not happening in 2018, which is our uh, topic of conversation from last week. As the measure moves out to 2020, the responsibility to assemble it will shift from TriMet to Metro, and Metro has the ability to do things like bundle affordable housing and funding into this measure, uh, which, if folks will recall, was something that was actually struck uh, from TriMet's uh, efforts from an earlier measure this year. Funding transit capital projects without providing funding to stabilize housing is a proven recipe for displacement. I also hope that Metro would be less likely to include freeway expansion dollars in the measure, or at least fewer dollars for freeways. Given that I'm working hard to stop the freeway expansion at the Rose Quarter, that is an important factor for me. Thanks, yes. Chris. Um, so yeah, and thank you, Chris, for writing in. Again, always love your, love your responses <laughs> yeah. and love that we can count on you for that. Um, next up, sponsor... Gregory Braithwaite uh, also kind of takes us a little bit to task, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so so from me to you, mail? Gregory, and, and the pronunciation of your name, thank you for letting us know. Um, a, it's, yes. it's, it is actually quite helpful for us. Um, so for Gregory Braithwaite um, and anybody else who feels that their name is being butchered, this is as we apologize. Tell, we apologize, <laughs> but also let us know because um, yeah. we're we're not trying to do harm to anyone. Rather and he than does to say, say thank you. He does say it is his pleasure to give us a little money each month and it is nice that we mention our ongoing donors and yeah. he would still give even if we didn't mention his name but we will mention your name and we will try not to butcher it from here on out <laughs> thank you greg todd g in dc uh says quote so many bike lanes or excuse me so many bike shares so little time um, and I'll let you read the article okay. here. It appears Washington, D.C. is now rotten with bike share options, he says. In the attached image is a Mobike and Jump Bike parked outside my office. Jump is an e-bike. I first noticed Jump Bikes in DuPont Circle around a month ago, and Mobike appeared over the summer. 
There are other options as well. Capital Bike Share is the first, although they use docks. And later I'll send a picture of my stickerless Brompton. I think that's a little jab at us there. <laughs> for we just got stickers printed, sticker. though. Yeah. yeah. yeah so they'll, they'll be on their way. They'll be on their way after they ride 100 miles in my handlebar bag. <laughs> you should send them from, uh, from vacation. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Get the good, actually. like the hometown postmark. <laughs> right. That's a that's yeah. a feat. From four nine two two eight. This is my clever way of having Aaron send stickers. <laughs> 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 well, and you you know I'm more likely to do it from far away for the the novelty purposes. Oh, than sure. Just you know, there's a certain spark to walking it. Walking just a block to the blue box from my house. <laughs> <laughs> so take a look, Todd, in your mailbox. Maybe not this week, but very soon those stickers are on their way. Yes. And thanks for writing. And thank you. Thanks to everyone who writes in and who uh, regularly donates to the to the podcast. And thank you for listening, everybody. Do you ever get mail about how great you are? Uh. Do you just not read that on the air? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, I thought you meant like specifically. No, yeah, most most of the time we, we do. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> it just seems like you had critical letters only. This, just this week. I and mean. exposition. There's, a, there's so an ebb and flow to it. Okay. I'm working on my thick skin. It's okay. not there yet. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, man. Yeah, is I it like your goal you. to oh, that, rile that, people that, up that or get the joke, Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I took it serious, that. too. <laughs> if it sounded serious, it was cer- I, uh, It was not. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking outside seeing if they're going to lock the gates on us Oh. And now we live here in the trailer. <laughs> right. I mean, I've got keys. Guthrie, right? Anyway. 2.0. Guthrie right. <laughs> <laughs> Camp. Uh, all right. Well, Ellie, Joe, thank you for coming. Thanks for Ruby, having us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Ruby doesn't have all the autonomy that Ellie and I do, unfortunately. She goes where I go. But thank you for having I, us oh, on yeah, a brighter you're, note. You're welcome. Thank you. This is <laughs> yeah. really, it's always so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Even more fun in the Airstream. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. A well, pleasure to have you. Yes. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at the Sprocket, or excuse me, at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lee. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, Zoe Campagna, Dave Nose, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar, Matt, Sebastian Poole. Oh, I, sorry, I just ran over your life. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, <laughs> Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon. John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zissen, Richard G, Guthrie Straw. Hello. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Magner, David, Campsite. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Bolden, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Florney, Jeremy Kitchen, and David Bolden. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, EJ Finneran, or EJ Finneran, Paul Copertson, if that's your real name. I bet it's not. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, who we saw yesterday. Oh, yeah. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. Hey. Who's here? <laughs> David Moore, Dennis O'Brien, Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron. 
Chris Barron, Sean Barrett, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. Mm-hmm.